I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two films with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. On this episode, in the red corner, I scream, you scream, we all scream for the first part of the Cornetto trilogy. It's 2004's Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mum. Oh, have you ever felt that you're turning into the world. a zombie? Maybe you're not alone. While in the blue corner, you need brains to make a zombie movie this funny. From 2009, it's Zombieland. Welcome to Zombieland. It's like a greatest hits collection of nightmares. Time to nut up or shut up. Zombieland. So what connects these two movies and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. And I'm Chris Tilly. And this week, as you just heard, we are doing Zomcoms. These were my decisions. I picked Zomcoms, and I guess... <laughs> I guess they're both Zom-Rom-Coms, although that title is specifically given to Shaun of the Dead. There's a bit of romance in Zombieland as well. So let's call them Zom-Rom-Coms. My choice is, were you happy with the films I picked this week, guys? Is that the link, the Zom-Rom-Coms? Because um, despite my bitching and moaning about this section, I've actually written something for the link. Would you like to hear it? Hang on a sec. You said we weren't doing this anymore, and you didn't just say it. You sort of dictated it. (laughs) Anyway, do you want to know what my guess was? (laughs) Fine. Is it real, once-in-a-lifetime, lightning-in-a-bottle cameos, Bill Murray in Zombieland and Chris's hand in Children of the Dead? <laughs> Is that it? You remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from yours, Alex's, you've got history with zombie cameos. I do, yeah, I do. Just not in either of these films. I know, that's why I picked them, because I didn't want it to be all about my cameos. <laughs> We're going to start chronologically. Uh, start chronologically? We're going to do it chronologically, as we always do, uh, which means, Christopher Tilly, you are up first this this week. Okay, I've spent some time on this one, guys, so prepare yourself. <laughs> this is where it begins. Okay, here we go. 
In a film that's so violent, it's basically hardcore shornography. <laughs> si- <laughs> Simon Pegg plays the title character, an average bloke breaking up with his girlfriend when the zombie apocalypse hits and Crouch End becomes filled with natural shorn killers. Taking shelter... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the puns begin. <laughs> Sorry. Taking, taking shelter with his mates in the local pub, they battle from dusk till Sean, <laughs> and in spite of the fact that his mum dies and best friend turns zombie, he gets back with his ex, setting up long-overdue sequel, Children of the Sean. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a slice oh, of fried gold? <laughs> that took ages. <laughs> What's the plan? Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl, Lizzie? Because I love her. I'm coming! Here they come! So, history with Shaun of the Dead people. When did you first see this movie? Oh, this was a massive part of my movie upbringing once I'd started as, uh, I guess, a movie journalist. I was at MTV when this came out and Simon Pegg and Nick Frost were a big part of MTV at that point. We made a pilot together, a movie quiz show, so I was very aware of Shaun of the Dead. I remember the phone boxes, that wonderful advert they had on all the phone boxes when phone boxes were still a thing and it was Shaun surrounded by zombies jammed into the phone box and yeah, it was a a huge cultural moment, obviously, because spaced as well. Mm. All this amazing British comedy talent seemed to coalesce from the time into this one phenomenal film. And you, Vicky? I can't remember, but it was in 2004. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my history goes back a little bit further because, like Alex, I just... Well, I just started my first job in film journalism. I was at a magazine called Hot Dog. And I went in because I was... I followed space and on... There was, like, a spaced website where they put an advert up saying, if you love space, you can be a zombie extra in this movie that the guys are making. And so I took that into the office and said, let's go down and be zombie extras. You know, I'll, I'll apply. And they said, no, we're a film magazine. We don't need to do that. If you want to go on set, we can get you on set. So it was my second set visit I went and did. Uh, the first one was to the movie of Fat Slags. Okay. Uh, <laughs> While we're on the subject of great British comedy classics. <laughs> this was a better set visit. Um, and so, yeah, it was just an amazing day. The whole cast was there. It was the day when they were filming, spoiler alert, uh, Dylan Moran being pulled mm. apart. They were doing the tests for that shot. And they were also rehearsing the Don't Stop Me Now scene. Oh, wow. So it was a brilliant day to be on set. And, and the Winchester Tavern was like, it was a brilliant set to be on. Like, they, they it even smelt like a pub. I don't know how they managed to do that. So can I ask, were you at the... Because there are two different sets aren't they? Mm-hmm. This is the Ealing Studios, the internal set or the external set, which was the Duke of Albany in New Cross. Quick question, V, because obviously we drank in New Cross a lot mm-hmm. when we were at college together. Yeah. I don't remember the Duke of Albany. It's so funny. When they have the exterior shots of the Winchester, I was like, that's the... And then it's like, it's just gone, but it's not on the main... We never went there. It's it's a very rough pub, or it was at the time, to the point... Oh, that... then we went there. Yeah, so... sounds like our kind of place. <laughs> to the point that they were told uh, everyone who was on set for those days was told not to wear football colours because if they were anti-Millwall Millwall, then they were right. in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I was I was on the internal say Ealing Studios. So cool that you were in it as a cameo and I I, just, <laughs> I mean kind of well I'm pouring at a window with my hand when uh, towards the end when the zombies are attacking. I've seen that in real life at night. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say this, and not to take anything away from you, because you did cameo uh, in that movie. I... Just a little thing. When someone says not to, they're going to do the exact thing that they're not going to do. Always, always. So, got... anyway, carry on. 
I was offered a cameo in Shaun of the Dead because we were going to cover it for MTV and they were like, come down, be a zombie. And I was in Toronto being a zombie in Dawn of the Dead, <laughs> literally on the day that I would have been a zombie in Shaun of the Dead. So if you had the choice now, which one would you have preferred to have cameoed in? Well, Shaun of the Dead, obviously. Yeah. I think so. I mean, look, I loved cameoing in Dawn of the Dead. If you do want to, I pause the DVD. I am the third zombie from the front chasing Ving Rhames out of the shopping mall. And uh, Zack Snyder was there on set directing me. And he said to me, after he saw my uh, first run, because I was fast zombies in Dawn of the Dead, I was running. And I thought, I'm going to run with a limp. And he watched me do it. And he went... Don't do that again. Mm, lose the limp. Don't. Why are you limping? <laughs> You're just a fast zombie. They're all sprinting. I'm like, I'm sort of still sprinting. He's like, I'm fucking Zack Snyder, <laughs> the director of this. Stop limping. Did, he didn't say it like that. He was very nice. But he did remind me of a caricature of a film director because he had a baseball bat on set that he was just sort of swinging round. In a non-threatening manner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, limping guy. Come in. Back it in. Yeah. If, you, if your character was supposed to bleed, he could have slashed you with a knife and then you could have called it the Snyder Cut. <sighs> so, um, so I spoke to everyone on set. So that was really interesting. That was about... Can we go back to natural <laughs> Sean Killers? <laughs> How can you go from that to that? For anyone who can't see that, natural, from up to down. Natural Sean Killers was the name of my feature that I wrote in Hot Dog. That was what it was titled. Nice. The rest of the puns I came up with, apart from, from Dust Till Sean, because on the set, they were all talking about potentially doing a sequel to Sean of the Dead if it was successful, and they were going to call it From Dust Till Sean. I did not know that. I know that it was originally called Tea Time. Oh, really? The yeah, the original working title, the one-page Word document that Edgar Wright came up with for this was originally titled Tea Time of the Dead, obviously Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. They wanted to call this Tea Time of the Dead. <laughs> That's an excellent piece of trivia. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, so... <laughs> how does that feel? Does that I, feel good? Yeah. I did not expect that. I'm finding you it You didn't difficult. expect to feel how you feel. Woo! Just okay, have a minute. Okay. Breathe into it. Because yeah, it was genuine. Yeah. That was, like... I didn't glare at him or anything or kick him or oh, anything. Wow. And, and on set, what they were saying saying was that in their minds that this is a companion piece to Romero's dead movies so if it's happening in Pittsburgh it's happening in Crouch End at exactly the same time and actually the the play that they referenced on the day was Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and that's what sort of um Ed and Sean are. Wow well, it's a sad story. I was fired from my university production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. <laughs> I played Hamlet. Fired? Short, yeah, short-lived acting career. Yeah, fired from a, a, a student play. I didn't think that was possible. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> How bad do you have uh, to be? <laughs> and within five years, you're working for Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck those guys. Right, they don't exactly. know what they're talking about. Exactly, yeah. Big mistake. <laughs> Although, uh, <laughs> big mistake. You have made a big mistake. Yeah, I mean, in your zombie outfit, big mistake. <laughs> So let's talk about the beginning of the film because the opening few scenes set everything up for the movie, which is part of the genius of Shaun of the Dead. The, the chemistry is real between Shaun and Ed because it's Nick and Simon who live together and that was their relationship for years was apparently Simon telling Nick off for being a lazy bastard <laughs> on the couch, which is what they do. And yeah, and it's about the malaise of the late 20s when people like me, maybe you. It's, it's the, it's the man-child syndrome. Yes. It is like just yes. like in space. It's like you want to grow up and you want to be that person at the same time you don't because it's terrifying. Where would you say Alex and I are in that scenario? Have, we, have we moved on from that? I Vicky? beg you not to answer that question, please. <laughs> I think it's best for everyone if I don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple. <laughs> have we found a way to actually make it real? We're doing a podcast, which is work, <laughs> but we are literally talking about <laughs> movies. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I'd say this is maybe the eighth or ninth time I've watched it. I feel like I'm still spotting jokes and lines. And the one I spotted this time I hadn't seen before is when they reference snake hips at the bar. Mm. Yeah. The older guy, and they say he's always surrounded by women. Yeah. Later on in the film, when they run into oh, the yeah. doppelgangers, he's on the floor <laughs> being eaten, surrounded by women yeah. who are all eating him. <laughs> so it's good. like every line has a payoff. If I can... Uh, the, it's not a problem I have with the movie because it's a great performance. Up there with Spaced as one of the greatest British sitcoms in history is Black Books. Yeah. And in Black Books, Dylan Moran plays Bernard Black as the most likeable, dislikable character. Yes. And I knew him as that, and I knew him from his stand-up, and he's so awful in this movie, his character, the bit where he actually tries to kill Sean at yeah. the end, which is a great moment where yeah. he fires the gun and he doesn't go off and he goes, Right, I'm leaving. That's what's so good about that, though, because he's so realistic. Like, he's so embarrassed yeah. that he's like, I would rather be torn apart by zombies than face up to what I've just done. <laughs> well, so I, struggle, I, struggle, I struggle with seeing him in that absolute dick role. Well, yeah. in, in the deleted scenes, that uh, the scene where he gets killed actually lasts a bit longer and he does redeem himself and apologises. They shot that and then they thought it would be more shocking if he actually doesn't get to redeem himself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and literally, he tries to shoot Sean. Yeah. He literally tries to murder him. Yep. Yeah. And then he seems like he's about to apologise and then boom, he's yeah, gone. He it's does. all over. But that's another reason why the, the script is really generous. Everybody gets their moment. So you, everyone gets a little set piece where they get to have like a special time for them. Dylan Moran, he was the only one that wasn't very nice to me on set. Oh, good. Oh. I don't know if he was staying in character, but he was, he was really like that character. <laughs> oh. Just really difficult whenever I asked a question. Oh. Um, speaking of the setups and payoffs, um, I'm going to play you a little clip from uh, something that Ed says in the pub. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. We'll have a Bloody Mary first thing. Have a bite of the King's Head, a couple of the little princess. We'll stagger back here. Bang! Back at the bar for shots. How's that for a slice of fried gold? So that's the plot of the movie, he's just said. Um, he says a Bloody Mary. Mary's the checkout girl that they kill. Oh. Um, a bite, uh, grab a bite of the King's Head. Uh, that's picking up Philip, who gets bitten at Barbara's house. Um, let's grab a couple of the little princess. That's picking up David and oh, yeah. Di at Liz's. Uh, staggering back to the Winchester, they pretend to be zombies, so they're staggering. And then back to the bar for shots. That's the guns. Oh, my God. That's I so good. That's made me feel sick. Goosebumps. <laughs> that's insane. I'm so jealous. But to go back to your point about how every character gets their moment, Liz, the bit where she's arguing with Sean about how he's failed in their relationship. And she's basically breaking up with him. And she goes, you promised we'd go on holiday. And he goes, we went, we went, we went to Greece, didn't we? And she goes, we met in Greece. And so I, I've, I'd forgotten him. I think that was the best thing about rewatching it. I'd forgotten how many solid <laughs> fried gold lines that are in yeah. this film. Another thing that, that's really <laughs> smart they do in the film is the, is the fact that the, the zombie apocalypse is happening in the background for the first half hour of the movie and they haven't spotted it. Yeah. yeah. And also, I love the fact, rather than go, and this is what caused it, they yeah, basically they say it was caused by any number of yeah. things. If I paused it on the headlines or yeah. in the news agents, and it's like there's the space probe returning, there's a downed satellite, there's GM crops, there's a mystery virus. There's also at the end the uh, little, I don't know if it's a, you'd call it a dig at 28 days later, where they go, it turns out the theory that rage infected monkeys <laughs> yeah, had caused this was false. <laughs> what did you think of the casting of the film? Do you think they got it spot on across the board? Yes. 100%. I, I like the way it united kind of young sitcom stars with Penelope Wilton and, mm. and Bill Nye. So you've got two generations sort of meeting in the middle. 
This was before Bill Nye he became Bill Nye. This for me was sort of around the time he began to emerge as this national treasure. This was, this was a year after. So this was a year after he did Love Actually. Right. Okay. And if I, I, I he sports the same football team as me. And we've had a few chats in the bar. And he said to me, no matter what I do in my career, I'll always be uh, the bloke from Love Actually. That's on my tomb. He said, I could win five Oscars. He probably won't. Um, but he, he will. He'll always be the bloke from Love Actually, which he said he's really happy with. Mm. He's great in Love Actually, but he's better in this because he switches between like... Oh, my God, it's so good. The, it's in, so good. The bit in the car. It's so, it's really, mm. really difficult. One of two moments in mm. this which brought a tear to my eye. For Obviously, sure. Sean's mum at yeah. the end. But the Bill Nye moment where he finally goes, oh, I just tried to be a father. And you, it's I was when like, he says, <gasps> and I wanted you to be strong after you lost your dad. And it's like, mm. oh, my God. Um, the incest joke's quite funny. When uh, Sean pretends to his mum that he's touched him. That's, he, <laughs> that's oh, no, no, really that's, funny. That's, oh, I guess it's not incest, is it? No, he's his stepdad. No, it's paedophilia. Abuse. You do need to know it's a paedophilia. What, what, what incest is, Chris. It's just be careful with that. Um, but yeah, um, where, where he, he goes, nope, I just made that up. But, uh, uh, not, so fun fact, uh, Graham Linehan came up with that joke. Oh, really? Uh, and Graham Linehan also told them that they shouldn't do it with zombies, that they should think of something else. So what? He got one right, got one right wrong. All the time, no. <laughs> There's that moment where... Simon Pegg is saying to his mum, he's going, there is nothing left of the man you love in that car. And he turns off the radio, the rock music. The rock music. Oh, I'm going to regret saying that. He turns off the rock music. So, um... Do you want a little bit? A little bit. Little bit. Um, there's a... You know, <laughs> a little bit? Do you want a little bit? <laughs> right. Do you want a little, little bit, bit of what? I'm trying out a few new catchphrases on this episode. <laughs> uh, the first is... This is Alex's little bit. Do you want a little bit? Uh, <laughs> do you want a little bit? So, I... Um, there's a reference to uh, the Shepherds Inn. Uh, no, the Shepherds. They say the Shepherds. When Sean can't book the restaurant because mm-hmm. it's all booked up, uh, Nick Frost is suggesting other places he could take Liz for the meal. He goes, yeah, you could go to the Shepherds. They do Thai. The Shepherds is the old name of the Boogaloo pub, which is on the corner of oh, the really? road that I live on. <laughs> I've been so, in there. And it's the first time I ever met Simon Pegg in that pub because oh, obviously really? it's all set around North London. He used to live in North London and he used to drink at the Shepherds, which is referenced, and indeed the Winchester, which is just down the road. Yeah. Now, the Winchester, uh, much like the Duke of Albany, which is the exterior shots of the Winchester in the film, both have been turned into flats. The Shepherds, which gets to mention, is now the Boogaloo. We used to do a film quiz at the Boogaloo that Simon Pegg used to go to uh, called You're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat. <laughs> And I was at MTV at the time. And my friend who ran the quiz used to get me to ask Hollywood stars to look down the camera and do a question for the film quiz. And because it was set at the Boogaloo, I sat opposite Johnny Depp and went, (coughs) so that's the end of the main bit of the interview. uh, But we've got a new MTV show called The Boogaloo. So if you could look down the camera and say, hello, The Boogaloo, and just ask this question... And he'd be like, so it's for an MTV show. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so did it. And then we played it out in the Boogaloo. And it's Johnny Depp at a film quiz in a local pub going, hello, the Boogaloo. (laughs) People lost their shit. Um, Speaking of references, there are a ton of them in this film. Do you have any particular favourites? If not, I can list a few good ones. Well, I mean, I did just do The Shepherd. Sure. It's it's (laughs) making me think of uh, references to other movies. Uh, I do like only because it relates to last week's pod where they're looking for vinyl to throw at the zombies and they pull out the Batman soundtrack. Oh, yeah! I was like, like, oh, what a connection. Um, One of the records they wanted to use in that scene was Jagged Little Pill. 
But then Ed said that Ed and Sean wouldn't own Jagged Little Pill, so mm-hmm. they dropped that from the script. Another reference to a previous pod. They wanted, as you said, I'm using Tilly Trivia back at you right now, <laughs> the Labyrinth soundtrack. Yeah, but Bowie doesn't like uh, remembering that Labyrinth ever happened, Tilly so they weren't allowed gone to... meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. must be so pleased. They weren't allowed to use that. <laughs> um, but there's uh, Foray Electric is where he works, and Ken Foray starting Dawn of the Dead. There's Fulci's Restaurant mm-hmm. is a fish place uh, that he tries to book a table at and Lucio Fulci is obviously one of the great Italian horror directors Bub's Pizza uh, is next door to the news agent Bub is a zombie in Day of the Dead um, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Is very obviously the most famous line from Night of the Living Dead. But the way he delivers it <laughs> to the phone, because they're, they're meant to be coming to rescue. Like, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> um, and and tires from space. Did you spot tires from space? Michael Smiley. Yeah, he's one of the zombies. He's literally in his his space getup oh. in the cycling gear um, as a zombie wandering around outside the pub. Oh, did you notice uh, Peter Serafinowicz? He was in space. <laughs> He's in it too. Yep. Yep. Uh. Saw him. <laughs> I just love some of the uh, observations that this film makes are, are so spot on. Like really, really little things. Like when Simon Pegg is walking back with uh, Cornetto and he's clearly hung over and he doesn't notice that the homeless guy's a zombie. Mm. But he does that thing. You know when, you, when you're when re- you still drunk from the night before and you're just, just that little bit more chatty than you would normally be? <laughs> and the guy yeah. holds out his hand and he goes, sorry, mate, I haven't got any change. And then goes, I didn't even have any at the uh, fucking shop there. And I, you know you've been that person. Uh, do you want to know a couple of songs that were nearly in the film? Because I had the soundtrack to this film. It's a really terrific soundtrack. Okay. But Don't Stop Me Now was nearly Rasputin by Boney M. <laughs> It came down to those two songs. And also, uh, when If You Leave Me Now by Chicago plays at the start, Mm. it was initially they wanted um, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Oh, that's better. But it was too expensive. Yeah. Uh, They, uh, obviously, uh, George uh, Romero, George A. Romero loved it, thought it was a fantastic film, and off the back of its success offered... Simon Pegg, uh, not off the back of its success, off the back of his love for the film, offered Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright uh, roles in Land of the Dead, um, which they turned down. These were actual cameo roles as human characters, and they turned them down to play zombies. And if you watch Land of the Dead, (laughs) they are the photo booth zombies that uh, the humans get to have their photograph taken with. I was also in Land of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) We were waiting waiting for that. What a lovely segue that was. What a professional you are. (laughs) We were waiting for that. T- tell us more, Alex. Oh, well, I'm a, if you are a fan of Land of the Dead, at the very start of Land of the Dead, uh, the George Romero movie, directed by George Romero. I was in this movie. Um, I am one of the zombies in the village when they're doing the raid at the start and they use fireworks to distract the zombies. And so I look up at the fireworks. And I'm like, Ugh. Are you offended or thrilled that your acting agent only thinks you can play a zombie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real here. He'd, see, he'd seen his Hamlet. <laughs> Land of the Dead is... Benedict Cumberbatch is shitting <laughs> Land of the Dead is slow zombies, as I'm sure you know. Whereas oh Dawn of the now Dead you've got range. is fast zombies. So I, I, I just want you to know, fast or slow zombies. Fast or slow, I'm your man. It's a very different set of skills. and Such a different headspace, I completely understand. I've got both. <laughs> Where do you fall down on the side of fast v slow zombies? What is your preference? In terms of what's scarier... Or just how do you prefer? What do you mean prefer? Like well, because to tra- spend time with? Tra- or? Traditionally, like people go, fast zombies should not be zombies. The whole mm-hmm. or, the original fear of zombies is this idea that one zombie is not threatening, and you're like, it's just I'll just walk away. It's yeah. so slow. But on mass, you know, that's when it becomes terrifying. Yeah. But I, 
like a fast zombie. I remember interviewing Simon Pegg about this many, many, many years ago, and he um, he said he didn't really like fast zombies at all. I don't know whether he still thinks that, but at the time he was quite adamant that fast zombies are uh, fad and not really what a zombie is. He was a purist. Mm. That's right. That's the one mm. I was looking for. What do you think? Do you like fast or slow? I prefer, I'm more scared of fast zombies, yeah. um, but my um, cognitive dissonance is such that I'm quite a big lazy girl and I still think that I could <laughs> outrun a fast zombie even though I clearly fucking couldn't but a slow zombie I think I think I'd be alright I think I could run to the shop I think I'd be okay so it doesn't I understand the the law but um, I don't you could just go around the room from corner to corner yeah but what this film does do Shaun of the Dead that I don't think Zombieland does anywhere near as well is make the zombies a real threat like there are moments in Shaun of the Dead yeah. where you're genuinely scared yeah. of the zombies, and we'll get onto Zombieland. But I don't. Th I think that plays the whole concept far more for laughs than Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead still has genuinely walking dread in the form of undead corpses. Yeah. And, and interestingly, the the moment after uh, Penelope Wilton dies, in the, they, they shot a lot more jokes after that and test screenings. They had to cut them all out because the audience did not want to laugh for the <laughs> yeah, next ten minutes. Yeah, because the tone has shifted. Apparently, at the mo on that, in that moment, Simon Pegg actually cried um, mm. because he sort of tapped into the idea that it was his own mum who he was having to kill, and it, those were genuine <laughs> tears. It also says uh, Nick Frost started crying as well, but it doesn't explain why. Um, <laughs> I guess it was one of those things where, you know, if someone starts crying, you start crying. Maybe it was because of his balls. Because <laughs> he told me on set, and I'm, he says it on the commentary as well, he, he shaved his scrotum. Who did? Uh, Nick Frost did <laughs> to play Ed because he believed that Ed should have itchy balls all the way through the film and should be scratching them and he wanted to do it naturally and therefore um, he's, he's got a freshly shorn scrotum for much of the movie. That's freshly uh, shorn? Yeah, I just did that. <laughs> don't make out you spotted it and don't leave me hanging. Sorry. Yeah, high five. Yeah. Chilly um, trivia's gone pretty weird. This, this is what happens when you give him encouragement. You've let him off the leash. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it? Uh, oh, talking about references, is it a Reservoir Dogs reference where he goes, "Stop pointing that gun at my mum"? <laughs> well, the standoff is definitely Reservoir Dogs. Okay, well, except then that it's is. yeah, corkscrew and gun, and he's dressed in deer hunter ge gear as well. Yeah, there's references everywhere. So it is the first part of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, oh yes, what do you know about the Cornetto trilogy? There's well, Cornetto so, in all their films. <laughs> yeah. So before Chris and I probably knew each other and started working together. We used to see each other, and I remember talking to him about the Cornetto trilogy and the name, the Cornetto trilogy, mm -hmm. and he told me something, and I was desperately searching the grey matter of my mind to remember it for this show, and I couldn't remember it, but I knew there was enough for him to say this. Well, no, <laughs> it's funny you should say it like that, because how I found out about this was through a mutual friend of ours, Dan Story. Yes. He said, you need to watch the Sky movie special this week, which you do the voiceover for. Uh -huh. So you would have heard this, but I found this the other day. Uh, you present this okay. episode. And then this is a little. So this is um, this is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. I think the genesis of the whole Cornetto thing, you can trace it back to Edgar had the idea to for Ed to want a Cornetto and Shaun of the Dead as a hangover cure because yep. he'd used it at college. Item one, exhibit A. In Hot Fuzz, we decided in a, in a admittedly self-indulgent fashion to reference Shaun of the Dead uh, within the script by having Nicholas and Danny eat Cornettos in their squad car and the repetition of the line, one anything from the shop, yeah. Cornetto. Uh -oh. 
Enter Chris Tilly, the journalist during our Hot Fuzz press tour. When then with Time Out. Then with Time Out, who said, uh, is, is every film you're going to do going to have a Cornetto in it? To which Edgar replied, yes, it's like Christoph Koslowski's Three, three Colors, colors trilogy. trilogy. It's three colors, three flavors Cornetto. Yep. That's there it. you go. It's me. <laughs> I knew it. I knew there was a story there. So you basically created the idea of the Three Colors Cornetto trilogy thing. That's what they've said. Yep. I don't actually remember doing that. <laughs> but when they've mentioned it to me since, I've just gone, oh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. I've just played along with it. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So, yeah, that's my little part of the uh, Three Cornettos history. Yeah. Right. Three categories here, guys. Uh, what do you think is the best scene in Shaun of the Dead, Alex? It's you have time to prepare? Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, why don't you do, do Vicky first? Because, I, you know, I'm just mulling. <laughs> I'm mulling... Gradually mulling, mulling, Vicky. Uh, the uh, when Bill Nye dies in the car because of its placement in the script and it pivots from there, and you're able to have more emotional depth because of that and because of the timing of that scene. Good choice. It's not a right or wrong answer. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but, but I'm not deciding. You were a little. The, yeah. the expression was like. You see, I, I get less confident. It's, it's a great choice. Sorry, I don't. If my face wasn't saying that, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> my favourite is when Sean walks up the stepladder of the child slide, <laughs> and very slowly yeah. and purposefully, and then walks back down, and they go, "Well, is it clear?" And he goes, "No. <laughs> there are lots of them." Like that moment. I'm glad you picked a funny scene because I've also picked a sad scene. I picked the scene where Sean's mum died oh. because I think it's a brilliantly funny film. Well, the first time I watched it, I was not expecting to cry mm. and I cried. And every time I watch it, I well up. I kind of dread that scene coming. It, and that's partly because it's played so brilliantly by the actors. Her face, her eyes and his face. I mean, I'm getting sad thinking about it. Mm. So, yeah, two, two really sad scenes from it this is. comedy. Do you know, after he wakes up, uh, here's my little bit of... Uh, a mini, mini quiz for you. Um, do you know the first thing he does after reading the note that he's printed after his big night where he split mm. with Liz, where he sees it on the fridge and he's like, it goes, sort life out, get back together with Liz, make changes, all of that. Do you know what the first thing I notice that he does in making that change? No. No. When he goes into the newsagent, he picks up a can. Diet Coke. Yes. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? I just thought that's because of his classic hangover. Don't come to me with a full fat Coke if I've got a hangover. It's Diet Coke or nothing. And he picks up the Diet Coke and I was like, there you go. You don't want that fat Coke shit. No, it's no. because the first time he oh, goes in, he picks, he picks up a Diet Coke, puts it back, picks up a full fat Coke. Oh, and that's brilliant. then the second time he does it in reverse because he's like, no, I'll have Diet Coke, which is actually worse for you. And Liz asks him to be more adventurous earlier in the film. And at the very end, he asks for two sugars in his tea and that's the start of him being more adventurous. Um, just to go back, Diet Coke... Oh, my God, for sure. Over full-fat Coke <laughs> on a hangover. Yep, what? Yep, I mean, yep, but, yep. but no, but I don't think even the science works because I the know, science... people have said that to me before because there's no sugar in it, so... Yeah. But there is caffeine in it. It's why Edgar Wright has a Cornetto on a hangover mm -hmm. is the same as the reason you have a full-fat Coke. What, no. what... Sometimes when I'm... You know when you are very drunk and you're asleep and you start to have weird dreams about, like, you're, you can feel the thirst, like the parchedness of your mouth mm -hmm. when you're asleep. I have dreams that I'm just drinking from a fountain of diet... You know that when you nearly wet yourself in your sleep? I'm drinking Diet Coke and I'll wake up at, like, four and be like, I've got to get some fucking Diet Coke now. And it's like I do have to go to the shop immediately at, like, six in the morning because I can't stop thinking about it. It makes you feel better. It makes or, me feel or... instantly better. And also it was the sort of drink that you can drink a lot of because if, you, if you're going to, like, cane off five cans of something at your desk, <laughs> <laughs> then it can't be fat coke because that's, like, a meal. They oh, can't be doing sure, that. sure, sure. I get that. It's the specificity of the hangover situation. Yeah. 
Wow. That's, uh, that's if, I've a... ever, if I'm ever clutching a can of Diet Coke, I have a hangover. That's okay. how you know. And, <laughs> and look out for those signs. For sure. Ed, Ed, Edgar Wright's hangover cure when he was at uni was a Cornetto, just to bring it back to the film. Yeah, didn't you play a clip where he said that? <laughs> Literally a moment and ago. He, and he made his... When they were shooting this, his girlfriend at the time, he made her do that for a hangover cure and made her sick. She, I wouldn't have a Cornetto. No, it's all about the savoury. Absolutely. Salt and vinegar crisps, two ibuprofen, yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 Diet Coke. Uh, do, you, do you want my little bit of controversy, which it always raises an eyebrow when I say it regarding the Cornetto trilogy? I do still think Shaun of the Dead is a better film. The World's End, I love, and I prefer Simon Pegg's performance in The World's End than I do in Shaun of the Dead. Well, he's got a lot more to do as well, though, isn't it? I mean, he's playing a guy who's suicidal. It's a, it's a, it's a much deeper role, I think. Yeah, but I think a lot of people at the time were like, oh, I'm not sure we mm. like Simon Pegg as not an instantly likeable loser mm -hmm. geek character. And I was the opposite. I loved how he plays that because and it was it, it very much, you've met that person that he's playing, that kind of person who's never let go of their childhood. You've then. met them, have you? <laughs> <laughs> No, I had a chat. I had a long chat with Simon I about was how. Literally, just thinking about what I could get you for Christmas and how I could build a diet coke fountain, and you ended that. Oh no! Are yeah. You really? Yeah. I found I found it uncomfortable to watch. I saw way too much of myself in his character. It, it, what, in and the I spoke world's to them, I spoke to them about it, and they said you should be worried. <laughs> yeah, but I love all three of those films. I find it hard to pick a favourite between the three of them. Really. I'd say Sean probably, although Hot Fuzz would be my favourite. I just think he has too many endings. If Hot Fuzz was 50 minutes shorter, I think that would be my favourite. I'd go... I, I Honestly, I'd put The World's End and Shaun of the Dead level pegging at number one mm. for different reasons, and then Hot Fuzz. That's my least favourite mm. of the three, but I still enjoy it. Yeah. No, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End. I mm -hmm. didn't like World's End. You just listed them in chronological order. I know. But that's the order you like them as well. Yep, just to clarify, that's correct. <laughs> it's that argument, do people do their best work at the start of their career when they're hungry? There's, there's something to say as well about the surprise of it as well. Like, it, I was expecting it to be good, I wasn't expecting it to be that good. And then after that, your expectations are quite high, so... Well, what's next? Well, we got the two other questions. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. We're getting through them. Yep. You, you just wanted to talk about Diet Coke for quite a long time. <laughs> what, um, you actually didn't involve yourself in that conversation. No, yeah, what's your hangover? Hoping, yeah. that, hoping that doesn't make the final edit. Um, <laughs> just a cup of sugar. A cup of sugar and a wank and you're off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching me? Have you been watching me? I don't need a hangover for that. <laughs> um, who is your MVC, Vicky? Who is your most valuable character in Shaun of the Dead? The pub. <laughs> is it? Yeah, of course it is. Well, I fucking love a pub. I absolutely, It would be my plan. Just mad panic. What should we do? My instant go-to is always, should we go to the pub? <laughs> because I always feel safe in a pub, even a shit pub like that. So and and that was the idea. I mean, literally, that was the idea. Where would where would we go if the zombies apocalypse hit? We'd go to the pub. We absolutely would go to the. pub. I'm going with Vicky. I actually have to say the pub for almost exactly the same reasons. When like Liz goes, I'll have a vodka. I'm like, thank. That's yeah, what I. If you're in a, you're in a pub and the world is ending. Yeah. Have a fucking drink. Yeah, I don't know why it's taking them that long. I was so <laughs> disappointed in 2012 when the world didn't end, according to the minds, because I was like, I am going to the park, going to watch the world burn. And I was going to get pissed and watch yeah. the end. Some, and people, didn't some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> um, so this is the first time we've done this feature, and both of you as picked as your favourite character a building. <laughs> 
don't think you've understood the question. Go on, what's yours then? Make it real. Well, I'm annoyed because I was hoping you... I've got two, and I was hoping you were going to pick one of them, so I would pick the other one. I put down Barbara and Philip. I like I like the older guy. I like I like Bill Nye and Penelope Wilton. So I will go Bill Nye because I think it's such a lovely, surprising performance for such for so little uh, screen time and so little lines. He absolutely nails it. He does. Um, and finally, is there anything you would change about Shaun of the Dead? Is there one detail? Is there one? I've thing? got change. I've got change. Mm-hmm. Have this. What I would do is at the end when they're wrapping it up with all the news. Uh, flashes and the news bulletins i would have the plot point that there a cure has been found but it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time on a hundred percent of the infected and i would make it more ambiguous as to whether or not nick frost has ended up a zombie or not so it's still same scene goes to see his friend he's in the garden but he doesn't obviously look like and he's not chained up mm. so he's still playing playstation he's still getting stoned and he's been a waste but is he a zombie or isn't he you can oh have that that's good but it's 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 the it's the right call i i i mean i remember that end scene and it being a little upsetting yeah and this time i was watching it to see whether he could play playstation properly because if he could still play playstation properly <laughs> he'd be okay, he'd be okay <laughs> but he can't and it just feels unfair so yeah i think there needs to be a bit of ambiguity about whether nick frost will be like that forever all right let's all have the same one then because that's such a good one oh, i can't thanks, compete Chris. so let's let's move on on that because it's a that's a brilliant ending a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. So that was uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, you had from two thousand and nine Zombieland, Vicky. I watched two thousand and nine Zombieland, in which the world's bravest coward blames a zombie apocalypse for stopping him getting off with a fit girl, then uses it as the perfect chance to get off with a fit girl, but it does have Bill Murray in it, so I 100% forgive all that because it has Bill Murray in it. <laughs> Not a single pun. 
Oh, shush. I know. <laughs> this thing, we've painted ourselves into a fucking corner. <laughs> no. <laughs> My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that, that something would be zombie killing. You should actually limber up as well. Are you fucking with me? Uh, no. We're actually one of the few non-zombies left because we always play it safe. Drive slow. Keep your eyes peeled. I haven't cried like that since Titanic. So go on then. How much did you enjoy it or did you not enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. I've this That's the second time I'd seen it. I couldn't remember much about it um, apart from this annoying running gag about Twinkies, but we'll um, get back to that. I have written down here... Does that annoy Vicky because <laughs> it makes her think of her favourite movie and therefore she can't enjoy this movie? Me and Mark got into a massive argument about whether Twinkies are in it because of Bill Murray. And is, is it just a coincidence? Because I know he wasn't the first choice for the famous cameo, but but you can have any candy bar, so maybe they just swapped it out after. I don't know. But I just did think that you were literally going, it's the Egon Spengler line. I, 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 I think in Ghostbusters. I think I know the answer to this. Oh. Um, I believe there's kind of a running joke or a legend in America that Twinkies keep forever. Oh, yes. is that And, and therefore is? that's why, you know, six months in, a year into the zombie apocalypse... Not that they, they get still... massive mm. if you let ghosts out of well, a reaction. let's container. say this Twinkie represents the normal <laughs> amount of oh psychokinetic God, energy it. in the New York area. <laughs> that's one big Twinkie. Oh, that's a hell of a Twinkie. <laughs> oh. But it's weird being English and they talk about Twinkies and hostess trucks and just things we don't really know don't about. Know. I've got a fact for you straight off the fucking bat. Go on. Right, so um, the script for Zombieland was initially a TV pilot script and then it was reworked and developed into a feature script and it was on the blacklist for 2007. Do you know what the blacklist is? Yeah, all mm -hmm. the best scripts doing the rounds that have not yet got not, made. So or... do you want to know a few other films that were on the 2007 blacklist? Okay. Yeah. World Wolf War of Wall Z. Street. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, Slumdog, Millionaire, The Hangover and Clash of the Titans. Clash That's of the nice, Titans? Why is the, Clash of the Titans on the there? The remake. Yeah, by Travis Beecham. Oh, wait. That's a load of bollocks. So, That's wait. Just, 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 just so remake. The, I hosted the premiere for Clash of the Titans. Mm -hmm. This is the Sam Worthington movie. It yeah, the Sam one that became the Sam Worthington. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the legend, Richard Zanuck, producer of Jaws, is at the premiere, and I'm interviewing him. And this was shortly after Avatar had come out, and Clash of the Titans had been converted at the 11th hour into the worst 3D in the history of <laughs> oh, cinema. Yes, I've forgotten about like, that. Like, it's, it's appalling. Bad. And yeah. I said to Richard Zanuck, so... Um, what do you think of this whole new 3D thing that movies are being made in 3D? And he looks at me and goes, you know, I think it's really going to work uh, unless people do that sort of cheap last-minute conversion. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is either the funniest joke in the world or what? So, yeah, they, they sold that TV script to CBS. It did actually get sold, but they never made it. I but, know. But John there's... Carpenter was down to direct the pilot really? of that and, episode. And there's still lots of hangovers from that in the film. So Zombie Killer of the Week was yeah. literally supposed to be that, put a weekly episode. Mm. I, mean, this, I guess predates, like, The Walking exactly. Dead and everything. It mm. was like the, the reason they wanted to do it on TV was because there was no zombie yeah. TV shows at that time. So CBS missed a trick there. But Idiots. I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> CBS, what a bunch of clowns, right? <laughs> Amateur hour. Yeah. Come on, guys, get it together, CBS. <laughs> this means you might not ever get to work for CBS, Alex. I once turned down a job with CBS, actually. Was it in a zombie? Uh, it was... <laughs> 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 but it was fast and slow. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. I was like, That's, you do one or the other, CBS. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Losers. Get out of my house. <laughs>
<laughs> so it, it's um it's written by the guys who went on to write Deadpool. Have you ever interviewed those two? Oh, uh, Rhett Reese and, Reese and Paul Wernick. God, they're funny. Yeah, they are as funny as you would imagine people who wrote this script and Deadpool yeah. to be. Just really nice and just non-stop laughs with them. Yeah. And uh, Ruben Fleischer, who directed it, said what he liked about the script was he saw it as Midnight Run but with zombies. Okay. <laughs> and so Woody Harrelson's the Bob De Niro, yeah. and 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 Jesse Eisenberg is Charles Grodin. It's um it, like the 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 list of movies because obviously like yeah they did Deadpool Deadpool two um they've written the sequel Zombieland Double Tap which mm. obviously is coming out but they're also and I'm saying this so he gets three mentions in a month on the show they are currently working on a remake of Clue with Ryan Reynolds in the Tim Curry role Tim Curry's <laughs> third mention in a month we did commission <laughs> fucking love Tim Curry I, I met someone who listens to the podcast uh, this week Mike hello Mike and he said that. In the uh, first well, two, allow us as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Don't say hello to Mike. It's not just your podcast. Hello, Mike. Hi, How Mike. you doing? Right. Well, um, he how's, had a um, how's life? He had a complaint. What's, what, what, what's your feeling on <laughs> diet, diet coke, coke. <laughs> versus full fat coke on a hangover, Mike? <laughs> Mike had a complaint uh, about something. You keep referencing a certain film, or apparently you've referenced it three times, and yet we haven't done a show on it yet. And he very much wants us to do a show on it. Tell me what. Wing Commander. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> he's going to email in. Uh, he's going to pair Wing Commander with something, and I said, "Is it another Matthew Lillard movie?" Oh my God! <laughs> let's do two Matthew Lillard movies. Oh my God, Mike! Let's do Wing Commander <laughs> and Thirteen Ghosts because they both have serious issues and yet aren't bad. He, he, I mean, they are, but they're not bad. He suggested Wing Commander and The Last Starfighter. I want to talk about Matthew Lillard. <laughs> he's in one of them. All right, fine. anyway. Okay, sorry, cool, Mike. Cool. No, Mike, that's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> We look forward to receiving your email. Um, so, yeah, they're remaking Clue, the Tim Curry Clue. Oh, OK. The reason I haven't done as much research this week is because I watched Clue instead of these movies. <laughs> I was going to suggest I was going to suggest Clue when when um, when Ryan Johnson's Knives Out comes out. There's bits of it that are so broad, it's almost like a spoof, like Clue. And I was thinking of doing Clue and Murder by Death. Mm. Um, but now I've said them out loud, I probably won't do them because it will spoil the surprise. Um Vicky mentioned it at the start in terms of surprises, the surprising cameo. Yes. <clears throat> like that segue. And <laughs> Bill Murray is uh, just wonderful. <clears throat> and I don't know, after we did Young Sherlock Holmes a few weeks ago, I have started watching films that I would never normally watch to the end. Because, you know, I didn't know there was a post-credit sequence in yeah. Young Sherlock Holmes. And so I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, Moriarty, Wraith is alive. So now I was like, I wonder if there's one at the very end of Zombieland. And there is. There is yeah, and I didn't know. And it's a fucking great moment where Bill Murray does his line from Caddyshack. In the words of, in the words of John Paul Sartre, au revoir, go far. <laughs> Wow, that's that's an impression you can't do. No, it's true. It's Carl Speckler. It's not. It's not a good one. Okay. <laughs> um, you've jumped to the end of the film. I want to talk about the start of the film, though. The opening credits and when they explain the zombie holocaust happening. Yeah, I mean, mm, the so oh. <laughs> go on. Right. So I think there are still some elements of it that seem a bit like a TV script where you would get away with this stuff. So uh, the list of rules that pop. That's a visual trick. But it's such a fun film that it does work, and I forgive it. But that is, um, it's a bit lazy and it's a bit crap. Like, it's a bit like, look at this fun, cool graphic thing we can do, and we'll do it loads and loads and loads of times. But the slow motion titles is fantastic. Yeah, when they, you see the guy who looks a bit like James Belushi 
running in slow oh, motion yeah, those, while the yeah, zombie yeah. lap dancers <laughs> chase him out of the bar. Yeah. Jiggle, like, jiggle and jaggle. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. That's the phantom camera, which shoots a thousand frames a second. Ooh. Which was used a lot at that time. It was in Dread, if you remember. It was used in yes. Dread quite a lot. And it, but the slow-mo drug. Super slow-mo, yeah. yeah. You don't see much of it since then, but... Um, I uh, have a little bit of trivia for you. You know, we were talking about songs that were almost used in Shaun of the Dead. The mm-hmm. title music for this was going to be Michael Jackson's Thriller, which I thought would have worked. Oh, yeah. that would have been good. Yeah. yeah. Stranger Things have gone in that direction, didn't they, with the last but one series? So Stranger Things 2? Stranger <laughs> Things 2. <laughs> Otherwise known as Stranger Things. I mean, while we're talking about making sentences That's someone who's used to, like, getting their word count up because he gets paid by the word. So rather than saying... I still find it weird referring to TV series like their movie sequels, though. No no other TV series does that, does it? Okay. um, It's weird because... Blackadder. Are you done? (laughs) He's he's killing himself. (laughs) Um, So uh, I do like the fact that Jesse Eisenberg's character, um, hands down, this is, by the way, my favourite Jesse Eisenberg performance. I think he's great in this. Okay. Absolutely. More more than The Social Network? No, I prefer The Social Network. No, no, I prefer prefer this. More than as the main guy in Superbad? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's... He gets confused with Michael Sarah quite a lot. Oh, does he? I was making a joke. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. Before we move away from cameos, um, I've got a little game for us. Go on. Greatest ever movie cameos, and is Bill Murray the greatest ever movie cameo in this movie? You'll have to give me some other options. Okay, here we go. These are the ones I, I came up with. So, equally good cameos by major stars in movies. John Hurt at the end of Spaceballs. No, <laughs> categorically not. Because I saw that before I saw Alien, and it spoiled <clears throat> Alien for me. Because I was a kid when I saw Spaceballs. Did you did you attach the two then? I mean, like, it's... well, an alien bursts out of his chest, but, in... so, but he looks so different because it looks like the alien. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. Have you seen Spaceballs, V? No, I don't think so. Ah! <laughs> You were uncommonly quiet. (laughs) We're doing a Spaceballs night. You know, we were looking for a movie that we're not doing on the pod just to watch together as friends. (laughs) Why is that so funny? It's it's not. Um, I like it when he makes out that we're friends. (laughs) We're not. But what are your other favourite cameos? Hulk Hogan in Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yep. Nope. All right. That's one of your favourites. I think he's great. Okay. Um, uh, the reason this is on my mind right now is Michael Cera in This Is The End. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's very good. He, it's just because he's like normally the nicest yeah. guy and he plays such a dick, it's great. <laughs> yeah. And the only other one I've got is because I remember thinking, oh, that's a good cameo. Sean Connery at the end of Prince of Thieves. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I like Billy Zane in Zoolander. <laughs> Listen to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. I met when I met Billy Zane, I was quite drunk at pie. I kept calling him Billy Zane. Mm. I kept using first and last name. I did that thing where I, I interviewed him for the re-release of Titanic at the Royal Albert Hall. I was doing the premiere for that. I was like, "Oh, Billy Zane, hello, Alex Zane," and I was like waiting for him to go. Oh, and he went, <laughs> brother. He went, he went, yeah, yeah. I'm like, sorry. So my first question yeah. is, uh, I had the same with Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's a Disappointed. Shame. Yeah. Oh no! Oh god! Oh no! That is a bad. St- I, I was. I met her at a London Film Festival party the second time. Filter. Filter. And do I say? <laughs> Think on. Filter. I said to her, we could get married, <laughs> and it would save on um, <laughs> administration, administrative fees. Mm. And then her boyfriend showed up, and she was like, "You never guess what this guy's just said to me." 
<laughs> that serves you right. OK, talking about awkward meetings at premieres, <laughs> I was once, and I've still to this day no idea why, I hosted, the first ever premiere I hosted was Tomb Raider 2, The Cradle of Life. And at the party, someone went, oh, would you like to meet Angelina? As the, you were the host of the premiere. I'm like, yeah, OK. And I was shown like into this VIP area, and they walked me up to Angelina Jolie. And she went, hello. And I went, hello. <laughs> and there was a big pause, and I went, are you going to make a Tomb Raider 3? <laughs> <laughs> she went, not sure at the moment. I went, thanks very much. <laughs> this is a film that's unnaturally well cast, though. I think every single person is perfect for their role, mm. which is, I think, part of what, what really makes it. I'm, I'm going to use a phrase now I've never been able to use before, and I don't know if it's correct. Maybe you can tell me. Go on. Um, Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I reckon that Woody Harlson as Tallahassee has big dick energy. Uh, yeah, that's is true. Is that correct to use? Yeah. Is that, am I using that in the right context? I'd say you are, yeah. And, and also feel free to use it more often. It's, 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 it's a fine one. It's fine. I've I just think. never said that before. Yeah. I can see why you didn't ask me. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's why I did that. You can say uh, BDE as well if you want. Is that like a very specialised Airbnb? <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, just on that note, I agree. Mm -hmm. I wrote down the performances make this movie. Woody Harrelson is a weird guy. Have you ever interviewed Woody Harrelson? I have not, no. A weird guy in a wonderful way. So I sat down with him for what was the weird... Oh, it's, um, oh, it's a tough one. The cop movie he made where he was like this corrupt L.A. cop, really dark. Mm, I've forgotten the name. Someone, someone will know. Anyway, so I interviewed him for that. And in the interview, like we sit down. And admittedly, I was a little bit hungover, so I was a little more... Ramparts? No. Yes, Rampart, Ramparts, yeah. Okay, yeah. And... I was a little bit hungover as we were talking about Simon Pegg, uh, his thing when you're just a little too chatty. <laughs> and he takes his shoes off in the interview. And I went, I hate feet. I, I can't, you, you can't, you, I think you should have asked. And rather than go, I'm sorry, what? He's like, you don't like feet? Why? <laughs> and I'm like, like it. And I'm like, I'm like, I just have a thing about feet. He's like, I'm keeping my socks on. I'm like, well, if you promise to keep your socks on, we can do the interview. But if I see any toe, that's it. It's what over. will happen to you if you see someone's feet? I just, honestly. But you may, have feet. <laughs> I know, and I hate my own feet. Do you not ever look at your I, own feet? I, honestly, I have self-loathing when it comes to my own feet. Exclusively, though, I would say. <laughs> You're like, you're like the anti-Tarantino. Anti well, he's obsessed with feet. Oh, is he? Yeah, there's close-ups of feet in all his films, and yeah. especially once time in Hollywood, it's a bit weird in that one. Do you know what? You, this is how much I hate feet. In The Big Lebowski, where the box contains her little tongue, like, yeah, take that feet. <laughs> Vicky, let's take our shoes and socks off. Never. I would. I don't have a problem with feet. <laughs> you know, I honestly don't. Anyone's. Anyone's. I swear. I think it means that I... Would you suck a toe in a romantic fashion? I wouldn't actually. Right there, you go. Cause... I would. I'd suck anything. Um, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So filter, <laughs> filter. So. Uh... Does your mum listen to this? <laughs> actually, this was going to be the first episode I told her to listen to. So can we snip that one out? Um, um, speaking of the casting, though, they didn't, as you said earlier, they didn't get who they wanted for the the zombie cameo no. for mm. the for the Bill Murray role. Who who did they want, Vicky? They wanted Patrick Swayze. Yeah, and they wanted. Oh, that's what I've got look. written down. Well, no, I'll tell you what. Let me go through my list. Down. Yeah, who who got this movie? Vicky, and she is absolutely <laughs> right. Christopher, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Dwayne Johnson, Matthew McConaughey, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill, Kevin Bacon, and Dustin Hoffman. 
allegedly. That feels like one of those ridiculous lists. I The, the minute I lost faith in that list was Joe Pesci, because Joe Pesci sort yeah. of went, I don't really want to act anymore around this time. So it seems unlikely he'd have gone, yes, yeah. I'll cameo in this. And can you imagine anyone but Bill Murray doing it? I mean, he ad-libbed the whole part, uh, apparently, and it's just... It needs someone like that. I believe the actor who dropped out at the last minute, though, was uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yeah, who was a good friend of Woody Harlson's, and they were scrambling around. And Woody is also really good friends with Bill, Bill Murray. So he just phoned him up. That's how they got him a That's week before. That's the other thing that brings me out of it a bit, because he's, he's losing his mind. He's like, oh, my God, it's Bill Murray. And it's like, it would, it, Woody Harrelson should obviously be in this film. But if that was an unknown actor or maybe a younger actor, and you weren't obviously, like, that you were clearly like Bezzy's, it would be more, maybe don't spend so much time going, oh my God, it's Bell Murray, because you're best friends. Like, why don't you just crack on, rip that bong, have a chat? And that is the real um, Ghostbusters proton pack they're using. <gasps> no! Sony, <gasps> Sony sent it over. Sony sent it yeah, over oh for them to God, use. Oh my God, I love it so much. <laughs> um, another... It's so good when she stood there going, oh my God, there's a ghost on the scene. It's like, yeah! Um, another bit of trivia from that scene, uh, Woody isn't actually dancing to the theme from Ghostbusters, even though that's what they're playing on the soundtrack. Oh, I did not know that. He's dancing to I'm Alright by Kenny Loggins from uh, Caddyshack. But they just, thought, they just thought it'd be too confusing with that, all this Bill Murray stuff makes, going on. That makes sense with the line at the end that I am not going to attempt the impression of again. Good. <laughs> oh. Do you know what movie this reminded me of as I was watching it? It reminds me of the, of the first vacation movie. Because they're sort mm. of heading to this theme park throughout. It reminds me of like this dysfunctional family heading to Wally World in that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's Midnight Run crossed with that, Vacation. crossed with Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, do you want a weird bit of trivia? No, actually, it's, t- it's a, just a dark bit of trivia that I'd forgotten about, but okay. I remembered when I was watching this how um, Timothy Treadwell, the guy who dies in Grizzly Man, mm. was his entire tr- career trajectory changed because he lost out on the role of Woody in Cheers to Woody Harrelson. No. He was wow. second in line for that role. And after he lost the role in this huge sitcom, he, he became obsessed with bears. He's, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it's not funny. Yeah, Sorry. but I know so, as a sentence, it's funny. But yeah, so would Woody Harrelson be dead now if he'd got that role? <laughs> no, because he wouldn't fuck about with bears. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got a bit more, bit more trivia. Do you want? Uh, yes. I've got three quick ones. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's mum is a is a party clown in real life. Oh, okay. She was still. Uh, uh, <laughs> is he not supporting her in any way? Uh, the wallet that Woody Harrelson pulls out during the film that was made by his real life daughter. Oh, that's lovely. The Twinkie he eats at the end was a special Twinkie made of cornmeal because he's a vegan and won't yes. eat Twinkies. Very good. Hmm? And do you know why he keeps? Writing? I think this is weird. Do you know why he keeps writing a number three on all the all the cars? No, no. Good question. Um, they don't put it in the film, but on the commentary they say it's it's a tribute to the late great Dale Earnhardt, the senior NASCAR racer. Oh. But if you're going to do that, maybe reference it. Not everyone's going to know who Dale Earnhardt is. It's not just not so big over here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, I've got a weird bit of trivia that uh, Woody Harrelson blamed this movie for something he did at an airport in New York. He got off a plane. At an airport in New York and was... And you uh, did a, did a s- double tap on a security guard. <laughs> Not far off. Oh, no. He was surprised by a TMZ uh, paparazzo right. and he punched them. <gasps> and when they were like, whoa, you can't do that, he was like, I'd just been filming Zombieland where I was being attacked by zombies all the time and I was still in that headspace, so I thought he was a zombie. Obvious. He actually says, I thought he was a zombie. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Such confidence. He's got he's got form for being a bit of a, a crazy person in real life, hasn't he? That that live London film we did was based on <laughs> him going nuts with the taxi driver. I don't after a few drinks, I don't think you want to get in an argument with Woody Halson. He's no. I would love to hang around with him. <laughs> um we know from this film exactly 
how the zombie apocalypse happened, don't we? There's a bit more of an explanation. Yeah, yes. I think that's... I, I don't like that bit. Uh, Why? Because it's not smart enough. Zombie explanation. The virus turned people hateful and violent with a severe case of the munchies. That's just, that's no. just words put together. Earlier on, it's because someone ate a bad burger in a gas and gulp. Yeah, and then that's... later on, Jesse Eisenberg says, mad cow to mad person to mad zombie. Yeah. Basically blaming it. I quite like the idea that it's the mistreatment of animals in industrial-scale farming that has caused this. Because it's true. Yeah, they, they, they wanted to ground it in Thanks, reality. man. I just thought I'd take a left turn into something real there. How... Just don't want to be real. Yeah, just, yeah. How know. is your veganism <laughs> they, they researched syphilis, mad cow disease, and Ebola when they were coming up with the, the look of it. And actually, I watched the deleted scenes. There's some interesting stuff on the deleted scenes. And when he's, uh, just after he's killed Amber Heard and he's kind of taping up her body, he says or he says over voiceover, um, a zombie isn't a dead person who's just come back to life. It's someone who's been infected by the plague of the 21st century. Zombieism is carried in bodily fluid and these fluids are highly contagious and fast acting when they mix with your fluids so it's not they're kind of saying it's not anything to do with the undead mm. okay uh, do you want to know what jobs uh woody and jesse were doing before it all happened because they're in the deleted scenes you see what they did for a living okay Woody was one of those sign spinners that stands no! by the side of the road. What, like Joker? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Oh my God. Everything is becoming weird. There's too many coincidences. And, uh, and Jesse worked in an electronics store showing kids how to play Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird because they're two different sorts of geeks, aren't they? They're sort of linked between Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Sean in Shaun of the Dead is the fact that they're both geeks, but one's a real sort of loner geek and the other is just a bit of a loser geek, mm. but they are both geeks. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. And they're both very relatable mm. to people like me. <laughs> That's how men write themselves, you will notice. Yeah. I can't tell you the amount of sitcom scripts I've read where it's like, he's a lovable loser. A loser tries to. A loser gets in with. Which is why I like the nihilism of him yeah. in The yeah. World's End, because it's not that role. Yeah. That, that Dylan Moran on the commentary for Shaun of the Dead says uh, the women are conspicuously good looking and the men very average looking in this film and you could say the same about Jesse and the women in his life in mm. I thought Zombieland. you were going to say about the, this room because it's uh... <laughs> 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 that Diet Coke fountain is moving further and further away from reality alright let's do the bits shall we, shall we race through um, best scene Best scene in Zombieland for me, I honestly feel it's the title sequence, the slow motion sequence. I absolutely love that. And it sets up the movie and it, wor it works for the movie, but I was so engaged at that moment. Uh, when Woody Harrelson is in the um, shooting range booth and like slams the shutters and shoots all the zombies. I like that, I like the use of the fairground thing. And I love the fact that you think he might die in that moment, <laughs> and then yeah. he doesn't. There is a weird, there is a lack of death in this movie from any of the main characters, yeah. which I think is surprising compared to Shaun of the Dead. Uh, but it's very moving when you find out that Woody's got a son who's died. Yes. I think that's really well done. Oh, yeah. uh, that's true. Is, is someone going to pick the Bill Murray cameo? I just, yeah, Bill okay, Murray. I've written fine. down Bill Murray. Great. Uh, I would say his death, actually. I think his death comes as such a... Shock and surprise, and it's yeah. so well delivered. Uh, uh, MVC, who's your most valuable character? Bill Murray. Hands down. Okay, I'm going to go with the five-year-old zombie girl in the party dress at the start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one who gets dragged behind the yeah, car. It's really dark. Yeah, he, the director said he liked, he really liked putting zombie contact lenses into five-year-old girls, and he said, <laughs> God bless Georgia for letting us do that. <laughs> um, and is there anything you would change? The one bit that I would definitely change is like the complete lack of intelligence where it's very clear sound attracts zombies and Emma Stone turns on a theme park at the end 
and thinks that it's going to be okay on any level. Yeah, my change is in line with that. And this is very dark, but it's. I would do that. She knows what's going to happen because it's really obvious. And so she's reached the end of her journey with her sister. And she's like, this is how we're going to go out, which is very bleak. You think that she's like... No, I don't think that's what she thinks, but it's never addressed. Like you said, she knows that sound attracts zombies and they're going to a theme park in the dark and they're going to light everything oh, up. So I just it's think sort it's... of like suicide. Well, well, I think it's just badly written. Mm. I think... I, well, my change is in line with that because mine is when they get on the blast-off ride, which can only go up and down, they're essentially trapping themselves. Mm. They're such smart people who've, who've survived, yeah. as are all these characters, actually. Mm. Um, for them to get on that ride makes no sense. Yeah. I also think the bit where Emma Stone does the thing where she's like, my sister's been bitten, can someone kill her? Is a very risky Ooh, plan yeah, if no one paused line. before <laughs> yeah. they if shot Abigail gone, Breslin. She she, that's the reason the contract works. You do it. And if he'd just gone fine and just blown her head off. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have time for the quiz? Or do you want to do the quiz? Is there a quiz element? I've got a really quick quiz. Are you okay. ready? Really, yeah, really super, super quick. So this is from uh, Common Sense Media, which is one of my favourite ever websites for movie reviews. Do you know Common Sense Media? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's about improving the lives of kids in the 21st century. What it tends to do is highlight swear words and when people don't try hard enough at their marriages and use birth control. Anyway, here are some swear words from Zombieland with uh, dashes. The first person to shout out the word is the winner. Are you ready? Yep. D-M-N. What's the swear word? I don't understand the quiz. <laughs> D dash M M. What's the swear word according to? So the uh, the dashes. Are... The dash is a letter, right? Without which it's written down so as not to offend anyone. So what's the swear word? Can, I'm just going to jump in here. How are you two so bad <laughs> at organising quizzes? I said I I'd do it this week. I've got. I've got. Did you said this was. She said this was quick. It, it is, is really quick. It's already not it. quick. It's already not quick. No, right. do it. Do it. I want to oh. know the answer now. The word is damn. Okay? Oh, okay. Get it? Right. Do so. you say D? Oh, I thought you said D A M M. What's this got to do with zombies? No, M -M. Right. Right. Um, H dash L L. Hell. Yes. That's a tie. B dash dash T A R D. Bastard. See, now you're getting it. B dash dash C H. Bitch. You need to be fun. What's this got to do with zombies? Does it have anything to do with zombies? It's her quiz. You do your quiz. Let her do her quiz. Go on. It's supposed to be a film quiz. It doesn't have to be a film quiz. We're doing a film podcast. It can be any quiz based on a film. Vicky, carry on. Can I continue? Yes. S dash dash T. Shit. F dash dash Fuck. Last one. C dash dash blocker. Cock blocker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just, yeah. What just happened? Right, your quiz. Chris. No, we'll do it in the pub. <laughs> All right, then, it's time to vote on which we consider the winner. I pick the movie, so I pick who goes first. I'm going to start with you, Chris. What is your vote for the best of these two Zom rom-coms? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Well, very quickly, and I'll be brief, I love the fact that all zombie films, are the subtext is always that man is the true monster, not the zombies. In these films, none of them go in that direction, which I think was really interesting, what's side by side. There's no villainous humans in, the, in either of these movies, which I think is lovely. Um, the best joke is in Zombieland, and that's Garfield, maybe, <laughs> which, which one day we'll talk about how that was nearly the name of this podcast. Yep. Um, but Shaun of the Dead, I like the fact it launched an entire subgenre. The Rom Zom Com, there's, as you said, this one, there's warm bodies, life after Beth, burying the ex, pride and prejudice zombies. It created a subgenre. There's so many clever visual flourishes and Sean. I love the foreshadowing. I love the setups and payoffs. I think it's a masterpiece when it comes to all those connections. So because of that, it's Sean of the Dead. Because I don't get paid by the word, I'm just going to say Sean of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, it is then definitely Sean of the Dead for the record, just as a completionist. 
I would have gone Shaun of the Dead oh, as well. I'm sorry, I love Zombieland, but Shaun of the Dead was a cultural phenomenon for me. For, for me, these are both five-star movies, though. And so that is it for this week's show. Our winner is Shaun of the Dead. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! On to next week. Whose choices? It's mine. OK, great. Victoria, what are our movies next week? Chris, you are watching... <laughs> Can't remember when it was out. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, oh which you just referenced. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, OK. The Brian Adams movie. The Brian Adams <laughs> <laughs> 91, 91, I reckon. I have a brother. <laughs> I, just rem- I don't know why I remember that Will Scarlet moment. I have a brother. <laughs> um, and Alex, you are watching 2018's Robin Hood. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> What's that? Right. What, t- what, what even is that? <laughs> the Taron Edgerton movie. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Haven't seen it uh, because <laughs> I'm a human being. <laughs> I-, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Vicky? Oh, no, I've not seen it. <laughs> We're going to uncharted territory here. Um, both are available on Netflix at the moment. So we've come through on our promise to do movies that you can watch for free. If you subscribe to Netflix, that's <laughs> yeah. as close as we can get. Yeah. So both of these movies are available on Netflix. So have a watch in preparation for next week's show. Uh, once again, we'd love it if you could give us a review or get in touch with us. If you've got any suggestions of your own, it's at ClashPod on Twitter. And the email is Chris? Uh, clash. Oh, oh, no. Show <laughs> at ClashPod.com. Show at ClashPod.com yeah. for your emails or at ClashPod on Twitter. Uh, please do subscribe to us if you want on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get Yeah, we might, we might actually start reading out some of those I meant to reviews. do it at the start of the show. We'll do it at the start of next week. Yeah, we're going to read out some reviews, so do send us some nice ones. Send us some funny ones and brighten up our days. Nut up or shut up, as they say in Zombieland. <laughs> Love it. See you next week. Bye-bye. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.